1: I'm Charles Payne. I'm Kat Timph. I'm Stuart Varney. And this is the Fox News Rundown.
2: Thursday, May 26th, 2022. I'm Alex Hogan. The UN says nearly 4,000 civilians have been killed in Ukraine since Russia invaded. And roughly 1,000 people are fleeing west every day, hoping to find safety.
1: To be a ref pitchy is uh, unfortunately... the the, the everyday destiny for so many people in
0: the world. This is the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... 14 million
2: Ukrainians are out of their homes. They're either homeless within the country or living abroad. Evacuations have slowed since the initial days of Russia's invasion. But Ukrainians continue to flee the country as governments and humanitarian aid organizations assess where the help is most needed right now.
1: We are standing now with 6.66 million people who fled in the last three months.
2: This is Chris Meltzer, Senior External Relations Officer at the UN Refugee Agency.
1: And this is indeed unprecedented. Um, I was five years ago in, in Bangladesh for the Rohingya situation, and that was normally our, our textbook example for a, a fast-evolving refugee crisis. And we had about 800,000 people in oh, 12 weeks, 11 to 12 weeks, 800,000. We had these 800,000 after five days, not after... 11-12 weeks yeah. we had more than a million after a week um, and again still figures are still rising slower but they're still rising
2: what is the focus at this point in the invasion
1: I think the the situation of the refugees so people who are outside of Ukraine is relatively good it is cynical to say that if someone have lost everything, if someone had probably the loved ones still in a war zone, if someone has no idea what what uh, he or better she, because 95% of the of the refugees are women and children, uh, what she can do in, in two weeks or two months or six months or something like that. It's it's kind of cynical, I confess that. But it is relatively good because the solidarity of the people helps so much. And the, the big majority of the Ukrainian refugees in Poland, but also in Germany and in Slovakia or something. They are not living in in uh, reception facilities in something from the state, from, from the government or something. They are sleeping with... Uh, in, they, they have found a home with families and so on. Yeah. Like like I like we um, have a small family here in our home, for example. You um, do? Yes, and this is so uh, fascinating that so many people are helping. On the other hand the problem is probably the time um, solidarity is not not endless at least not at this level we we've seen now and I mean imagine if you have very good friends in your home for a weekend for a week and when they are gone after a week you think it was nice but it's good that I'm that I have my own space now mm-hmm. so it's the same thing of course if you have people you you have not even knew before um, and to do that for a couple of weeks is um. It's okay to do that for a couple of months. It's difficult. And to do that, let's say for a year or something, of course, this is not that easy. Um, And that's why the time is the factor here.
2: Yeah. And one thing going off of what you mentioned, so in Poland, 80% of refugees who have crossed the border there are now staying with host families. So not not government facilities. These are just individual kind souls who've opened up their homes like you have. And, And it is a large strain, especially if you don't speak the language with the people who are staying in your home for you. Do the people staying with you, do they speak German?
1: No, they don't. And the mother, for example, or the, the grandmother, let's say, that way she's 63. She only speaks Russian and Ukrainian. Uh, my Russian is very, very rusty. Um, and uh, But the, the daughter, who's 36, speaks very good English. And this is, this is our lingua franca, where we are communicating. Um, and uh, they have a little son who just turned five. And he starts to speak German already.
2: And for this family staying with you, what has their story been like? Have they been able to acclimate? Has the five-year-old been able to go to school? Has he made any friends? How difficult has this been for them?
1: They are from Kharkiv, so on the very eastern part of Ukraine. And they know that their home, their apartment is destroyed. And um, that's why they are very grateful that we are right now here safe in Germany. And um, the... Uh, the, the the grandmother is, is retired, but uh, the mother, she worked in a, in a gym and uh, as a personal trainer, and she's looking for a, a job here. And It seems like she can find something, and she is learning German right now. Um, and uh, the, the little one, he goes to a kindergarten, um, and uh, he's quite happy there. I mean, he has covered boys and so on, and the, uh, the mother said she, he picks up Um, His name is Mark. He picks up German so fast that uh, in half a year something, he will be more or less fluent in German.
2: It's amazing to see the resiliency of some of these kids who've been thrown in these situations and they now are in other countries. They're learning other languages. and They're acclimating. That being said, people do want to go home and people have started to return to Ukraine.
1: Yeah. yeah, indeed, we, we saw about 2 million movements. That doesn't mean these are 2 million persons. It's probably one person, probably five or six times when she's going back and forth. Uh, we do not really see... A return movement so that really people are going there to stay there. But indeed, a lot of Ukrainians are going back to Ukraine. Um, we think probably oh, I'm talking to, to refugees and also to the returnees, normally they say that they need um, a personal documents they probably have now in Kiev that they um, most uh, most Of the cases, they say we have um, we have relatives. Uh, My parents are still there. My uh, my husband, of course, who had to join the the forces, and I I went to see him. Um, Or I want to take a look. What what's with what, what my property with my apartment in Kiev or or something like that? Um, but it's very rare that people say we are returning to stay again in Ukraine. So that's why we don't see, really see a, a movement of of returnees. Uh, but indeed, border crossings to Ukraine are. Uh, Yeah, quite often every
2: day. It's twofold because it's some people going back to get the documents that in a hurry, they rushed out without grabbing. They only grabbed what they could, but it's also people going back for the emotional closure of finally being able to see where they lived and getting to process and not have to constantly question what their home could look like. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think the the very personal component, component like uh, what's with my parents or, even grandparents, uh, What's with my husband or something, this is probably the main reason for for these movements. But again, more than two million uh, counts we had in the last uh, months.
2: And as we mentioned, eight million people in the country are displaced. So those are the people. Maybe they've gone home, or maybe they never left, but they don't have anywhere else to stay. And there's also fifteen. Point seven million people in Ukraine who need humanitarian aid and protection. So, what is being done at this point to get those people the help they so desperately need?
1: We're doing so much, but it is uh, at the end so little um, because the um, the problem is so big. As you mentioned, more than fifteen million people need need help, and the other eight million people who these are indeed persons who have. Also lost more or less everything. They they have probably they have the car, personal things in their trunk or maybe just in their uh, in their suitcase. But uh, they have no home anymore, uh, although they are still in their home country. Um, we try to help these these people, and I'm not talking just about UNHCR. Of course, also other UN agencies um, like UNICEF, like World Food Program, and in um, in others OCHA. Um, so what we're doing is that we rush in uh, everyday trucks with um, uh, yeah, relief items like sleeping bags, mattresses, uh, cots, like um, monthly hygiene. Um, uh, I, I have a, I have a mentioned blankets, for example, um, diapers and, and, and other things. Um, this is what is needed right now. Uh, we also try to uh, identify uh, locations where people can stay, let's say a school or something that is not destroyed, um, or, or, or a gym or so, where we can put in 50, 60, 100 uh, field beds and uh, that people can stay there for a while, um, that we can feed them somehow. Um, this is a giant operation for us. It's also a general giant operation, but we can only reach a minority. This is unfortunately also the, uh, the truth of, this, of the whole thing.
2: We've been speaking to Chris Meltzer, a senior external relations officer at the UN Refugee Agency. More on this coming up. Unfortunately, this is only one of the major crises that we're looking at in the world. Just this past week, there was the really bleak number that was announced that there are now 100 million people around the world who are displaced. That is the first time that we've ever hit this record. And we're looking at places like Burma and Congo and Ethiopia just are some of the other places where it's not just Ukraine. And there's been so much focus on Ukraine, but really around the world where people are also in these situations of having nowhere to go.
1: Absolutely. Um, the good thing is that the eyes are on Ukraine, that the, there's also so much solidarity for Ukraine, and that we also see that to be a refugee is, uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the the everyday destiny for so many people in the world. But as mentioned, there are so many other situations, uh, also Syria, for example. Um, and, of course, not a single refugee was allowed to go home because there is a new refugee crisis right now. So the, the number... Within one year, they rose indeed from 82 million to more than 100 million. So uh, every 80s uh, person in the world is displaced. Uh, we haven't seen that since World War II, and we can even not not even sure if World War II was a bigger refugee crisis actually. Um, so the, uh, the 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 need uh, the distress is immense. Um, and um, sometimes we, we we don't know where to start. But of course, we continue our work. Um, but we cannot reach all the people. This is really, within the disaster, is also another tragedy.
2: The High Commissioner for the UN Refugee Agency, Filippo Grandi, he commented on this number and he said that international aid is helpful, but it is not the long-term fix. And I think for a lot of people who have been listening to this story now for the last three months, they feel inundated. And if anything, they're emotionally cutting themselves off to this story because they don't feel like there's anything that is going to change or anything that they can do. That being said, In your opinion, is there anything that people can listen to that they can try to do to actually make a difference beyond their thoughts, their prayers, and maybe donating a little bit of money?
1: Donating is so important. Donating money, donating space, donating time to help refugees. um, This is indeed fantastic. On the other hand, um, this is also uh, doing something on the symptoms To to cure this thing, we need peace, actually. We need peace and stability. With helping these people, I'm receiving, I'm still receiving everyday emails from persons from around the world. By the way, also a lot of Americans, really a lot of Americans asking me, what can I do? I'm a registered nurse, I was a firefighter. I, I was a serviceman in the army, and I'm, I uh, know how to how to deal with crises or something. How can I help? Can I be a volunteer or something? And uh, I can only say yes. Please, please join us. Please help. Um, it's 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 hard stuff, but uh, it's also for yourself. A very important, um, very important experience, and you can definitely
2: help people. Chris Meltzer is a senior external relations officer at the UN Refugee Agency. Chris, thanks so much for joining us.
1: It was a pleasure. Thank you, Alex. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown.
2: Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up to the minute news, go to foxnews.com.